Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and local makers and creators. Our podcast is all about babe supporting babes, learning about community builders, and of course, female empowerment. Get inspired to the only podcast in the Ottawa Valley that showcases local babes in our community and join our tribe of boss babes where everyone is welcome. Attention Pembroke businesses. The city of Pembroke introduced a new website just for you. ChoosePembroke.ca is designed for businesses like yours. Visit ChoosePembroke.ca to discover innovative ways to grow your business or launch a startup in the city of Pembroke. Registering your business is free and ChoosePembroke.ca is filled with useful resources, links to grand information, and so much more. Plus, you can even arrange a photo op to promote your business. Learn more at ChoosePembroke.ca. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OV Boss Babes podcast. Autumn Liggett from Autumn Liggett Photography was my very second guest on OV Boss Babes. And due to last minute cancellations this week, I invited Autumn to join me because I've been following her journey for over the past few years. And I've been so impressed by how this babe has pivoted and established herself as a well-known and sought after photographer in the Valley. Since we last spoke in 2020, Autumn has expanded her portfolio from being a wedding photographer to now including pregnancy, newborn, and even branding sessions. Now, right before the pandemic, Autumn had quit her job working at a daycare center, and she was so excited to embark full-time into her biz. But with group gathering restrictions in place, this meant no or micro weddings during the beginning of the pandemic. So Autumn had no choice but to return back to work. Now, fast forward three years, she's back to being a full-time entrepreneur. She is slammed with inquiries and she is engaged and a homeowner now. In this episode, we chat everything from how Autumn's fiance proposed, wedding plans, to the latest photography trends. I mean, what's up with blurred photos, ghosting inquiries, lowering prices, wait, what? Lowering prices and so much more. Let's hear more from Autumn Liggett from Autumn Liggett Photography in Pembroke. So Autumn, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast once again. I honestly really, really appreciate it. Yeah, round two. (laughs) So both of my guests that uh, were initially supposed to come on the podcast and be featured over the next two weeks, both of them had like family members pass away. So one was someone's great grandpa. The other one was like someone's fur baby. It was their cat. And then... Yeah. And so I was like, what do I do? So I was like, maybe do I go back in the archives and like piece together like a couple, a couple fun, um, like voice notes from people's previous interviews. But I was like, that's going to take a lot of work. And I don't really want to hire a producer to do that. No, I don't (laughs) think three days a week. So I was like, Hmm. Who have I not had on the podcast in like quite some time that I would like love to chat with? And then I was like, I have been wanting to talk to Autumn like for so long. See how she's doing because you have so many crazy things that have been going on. You're engaged now. Your books are filled. So like I I need to hear like all the details. Yes. Yes. I know so much has happened since the last time we talked. I feel like it was I feel like everyone that talks about COVID, it's like, oh, it was like years ago and it's only been maybe two, but it just feels like so much has happened. 
So Autumn, last time we spoke, it was November, 2020. And like you were saying, you know, COVID had done a number on photographers because mm -hmm. you guys were so limited with restrictions in place and weddings that turned into small ceremonies and elopements, which is actually right up your alley. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, <laughs> I mean, as soon as that happened and all the elopements were happening, you were probably like, game on, like, yeah. let's go. This is oh, my forte. Yeah. So how did the rest of the pandemic fare out for you? <laughs> It was wild. <laughs> I think any wedding photographer that started before the pandemic and then like carried through the pandemic can probably relate that it was just a roller coaster. You thought you had your game plan and then things shifted and then you just got adjusted to the new game plan and things adjusted again. I went from obviously losing so many weddings in 2020 and into 2021 to then 2022 having 30 weddings and it was just chaos last year. It was so busy, but it was my most successful year and it just, it was very rewarding, but I will also say it was just so, so damn exhausting um, because there were so many COVID overhaul weddings that came into 2022 from 2021 and 2020. So it was wild. It was so crazy. I think um, there's like a, a part of me still like recovering from the pandemic of running a photography business because you, there was just so many unknowns. You just didn't know what was going to happen, like what was around the corner. You were constantly on your tippy toes, just kind of embracing for impact. Well, um, I don't know about you, but like for me, it feels like the pandemic just went away. Like what oh, happened yeah. to COVID-19? I know. Right? Although it's so weird. Sometimes when I go into a store, I still like want to reach into my back pocket and pull out my mask. I know. It's such a weird feeling. It and is. Even like I was at the library the other day and I saw like all of their plexiglass was coming down. Same at the PMFRC. Like yeah. it's slowly but surely like yeah. disappearing. And I'm like, what happened? Like, it feels like it was just like all a dream almost. It was it's so weird. True. It's true. I went to Banff in 2020. I think just before we did our first interview, I went to Banff and uh, it was when things like there was like that pocket of a window of opportunity to travel. So my girlfriend, and I took advantage of it because plane tickets were super cheap and uh, it was a ghost town, which is so rare for Banff. It's so busy. Like, 24 seven. So it was so nice to be able to indulge in an area that wasn't like super packed with people. And then I went back last October and what a difference it was like, it was nice to see everything booming again, but it was like, dang, I kind of miss how quiet it was. <laughs> Well, and I actually remember too, Autumn, like going back to our conversation when we first chatted, you were so excited because you were celebrating going all in with your biz and then you were leaving your job at the school board, but then mm -hmm. everything got shut down and there was no mm -hmm. gatherings, which meant no pictures, which meant for you, no income, right? Yep. And yep. you ended up actually going back to the school board for a little bit. So I, I was working at a childcare center. Um, and yeah, so there was actually a couple of reasons why I had to go back. The first one was because obviously come the late fall winter, they closed everything down again and photographers really couldn't pick up weddings. A lot of weddings got dropped again and you couldn't even do photo sessions. Um, but we also got the really hard news like two weeks after I decided to leave my full-time job that our rental was going up for sale in the spring. And Right. You yes. leave your full time. Oh, that was such a crazy time for you. 
yeah, it was very overwhelming. I will say that 2021, I had so much hope for it and it was very defeating and just so, I was so anxious. I think I hit it well. I don't think many people knew what was going on, but man, it was just like not the best year to say the least because it's very vulnerable when you have to call up your ex boss and be like, Hey, um, do you have a spot for me to come back to? Cause I'm failing. This isn't working. Um, which was really hard to accept. And it just makes you feel embarrassed a little bit, if I'm going to be honest, because it's just like, wow, this was not the way I was expecting things to go. But, you know, you have to do what you have to do to survive. And we needed to have a plan put in place for where we were going to live come the spring. Alex, my fiance, was also laid off at the time with COVID. So, like, we had no option of purchasing a home. And when you're told your rental's going up for sale, I'm sure people can relate to this. You don't want to rent again. You are like, you kind of have like that little bit of like PTSD and the thought of like, could this happen again? So I went back. I went back in April of 2021 and I stayed until August when the contract finished. We bought our home in May which was exciting and a whirlwind all at the same time because we were obviously pressured to buy a home when we weren't expecting to buy a home. And the market was just so insane that where we were able to purchase like the price point of a home in 2020 was drastically different compared to 2021. When we moved into our home, it was such a fixer upper. I panicked and like begged my boss to let me stay past my contract point. And she said that there was already someone else hired. And so like they couldn't have me come back probably till the end of September. And so, you know, you're in panic mode, like, oh my God, what have we done? So I worked my ass off. I booked as many sessions as I could as soon as my contract finished And come the time for the opportunity to come back to my old job, I declined because I did like a 180 and I was able to completely be fine with just running my business. And now we're into 2023 and I have not looked back. I haven't had to go back to a job and it's what a trip. Like I said, the pandemic really was just like a wild time, but, uh, it's it's rewarding now seeing what happened and how you know you can just kind of shift your perspective and work your butt off and come out on the other side so much better. Mm-hmm. And you guys are still so young, and it's We're nice so, to remember yeah. too. This is like your first home. Absolutely, like, this is not your forever home. Right? Oh gosh, no, <laughs> not by a long shot. But it has been so fun just seeing like the projects we've been able to do, and you know, watching mm-hmm. Alex be like not a super handyman at all to like doing our bathroom this winter and like building a deck and you know it's all the things that you start to learn to do and this this is our first home it's our project home and you learn what you like and what you don't like and as much as I disliked this house so much I remember the first day we moved in I cried so much and I was so angry because it was just like one of those things that was like this isn't what I wanted this isn't where I want to be um now I love our home like it's our little it's we've made it a home for ourselves and you know I I I take that with a grain of salt for sure. So where are you guys living? Are you guys in Pembroke? We are. Yeah. We're up by the hospital. So we're in like a nice, cute, quaint little area. Um, The helicopter to the hospital is very loud when it comes in, but it's a nice, quiet neighborhood, which we do love. It's just um, getting used to having neighbors because when you live in the boondocks, Mm -hmm. no internet, 
hardly any cell reception um, for three, three and a half years. And then you move into town where it's like the complete opposite. It is like such a drastic change. And I remember the first time Alex left to go camping, uh, my mom had called me. She's like, how are you? Like, you probably feel so much safer being in town now. You know, you're closer if something happens. And I was like, no, like I felt so much safer with the wolves and the bears and being the boonies all by myself. Like I, cause no one dares to go in someone's long laneway in the middle no. of nowhere. You don't dare to do that. But in town, like, you know, people are a little bit more creative. And so I was like, no, I feel more on edge now than I did living out there, but it is nice. I mean, I'm like a five minute drive now from winners. So I do spend a lot of time there. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, like being closer to Winners and shopping and Tim Hortons and, yes. and obviously having better internet and cell service oh. autumn. Like, I mean, it's not the worst thing. And, no, and you I have guys are going to make your way back into the woods. Oh, we will. We will definitely. But we will have um, Starlink for sure, because uh, it, I, I don't miss <laughs> not having internet. That That is one thing. And like having my own office is just so nice. Before I was like tucked into yeah. our living room and you can't really fully step away from your work when you see your work piled up in the corner of like your main living area. It's just, you don't relax. So it's nice now, you know, I do my work for the day and I can shut the door and it's just out of sight, out of mind, which is really nice. <laughs> well, Autumn, we have to also talk about other really exciting news that happened in your life. So not only did you guys buy your first home, but you got engaged. So I need to hear the story. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, it was super not expected. Um, I had actually surprised Alex last year with a trip to Montana for his 30th birthday. So you know how it goes. Your friends all hype you up. Like, it's definitely going to be happening. Be prepared. Um, so, you know, you bring the nice outfits. I didn't, I didn't go into it thinking it would happen because I didn't want to ruin our trip. First of all, that didn't, I, I knew that's not why we were going away, but when it didn't happen, I was like, okay, it's not happening this year. I'll accept that. Maybe it'll happen next year. What's another year waiting. It's only been five so far. It's okay. <laughs> and then Christmas morning came and I had gifted Alex a, like a food dehydrator for Christmas for his backcountry camping trips. And I am not one to compare, you know, what you, you, you gift me what you feel you need, but after giving him a beautiful trip to Montana and this gorgeous dehydrator, I see him walk in the room with like this little like clothing box that's wrapped and then like a little book that's wrapped. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. We're going to go in this like calm, cool, collected. I'm so grateful for him. I love him. It's okay. So I open the first box and it's a, an old Navy sweater and I'm hyping up this sweater. Like, oh, I love it so much. Like, thank you. I love it. It's beautiful um so anyways he's like open the next book or the gift so I open it up and it's like this leather bound book uh type thing and I haven't realized he's actually down on one knee at this point I'm just like so in the zone of like okay great I got a little book that's fun yay um and so he's like open it up so I open it up and for context I am a big Polaroid lover I have a wall in my office actually full of Polaroids they're all over my house and so it was a Polaroid album and he had taken one of my Polaroids and he had written on paper Mary and then another paper me and so each Polaroid was his hand holding the paper 
Um, and so by the time I had read it, it like had clicked and I was like, oh my God. And then I, you know, you look up and he's down on one knee and he asks to marry me. And it was really sweet. I mean, I never thought Christmas morning would be the proposal. I always envisioned us like on a camp trip or on our travels. But after everything we had been through in the last couple of years, it just felt so special in our home that we bought together on Christmas morning, just the two of us. It was just like the most sweetest moments. And oh, I just remember shaking so much, but it was, it was so sweet. And it was like the perfect proposal. He got very creative with exactly how I am as a person. So it was really sweet. And yeah, we're very excited. I love hearing these stories though, Autumn, especially for people that like kind of have um, like, you kind of have an idea for what you, what you yeah. like, what you expect. Yeah. Like for me, like my, when my husband was like, you love the attention on you, you love the spotlight. Yeah. Like he's like, I was thinking of like proposing to you before, like me and him were like going to, um, going to Mexico on a trip. And he was like, I was going to do it at the airport. And I was like, Oh my God. I like that though. I'm like, I don't think I would like at the airport before we leave on a trip. No. So yeah. like he ended up doing it in our home. And then when I'm talking to like another person who um, she and her husband like own a skydiving company, I'm like, oh, did he like jump out of a plane? Like, what did he do? Yeah. She's like, no, he proposed to me while we were doing laundry. And oh. I was like, yeah, like you always just think of like these big extravagant stories, yes. but then it ends up being like so much more meaningful and personal. Like, my husband ended up proposing to me like on Christmas Eve after I think we were at my parents' house watching Christmas Vacation eating pizza. And I was like, it was the perfect moment. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm so glad you didn't end up proposing at the airport. Like, yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't have wanted that. I wanted to be no. able to like see everybody on Christmas day the next yes. day and show off my ring and talk exactly. about the engagement and plans. And yes. Yeah. And that was the nice thing too, because like, you know, I could celebrate with my parents and my brother later that day, everyone's at their home. So I got to FaceTime like all my friends and show them immediately. And we were able to see Alex's family within a couple of days later, just for their Christmas. So it was really nice to be able to celebrate with all of like our intimate friends before we like shared it to the world because it's very intimidating when you finally announce it to everyone like, hey, we're engaged because the influx of questions and congratulations, yes. they're so appreciated, but it's so much. It's just a lot to take in. So we did take a couple days before we announced anything just so we could like really just simmer in the moment of ourselves being yeah. engaged before everyone else was involved. But yeah, it was really sweet. I, I, I'm a, I'm a hucker sucker now for the the Christmas engagements. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Autumn, I have two questions for you specifically on this. Mm -hmm. A, have you guys set a wedding date? And B, are you eloping? Because you love elopements. Yeah. So we are getting married next September and our plans are a little bit wonky, but so when we first got engaged, it's funny. I've all, like you said, I've always been the one to preach, have like go elope, just go elope. It's so much easier. It's so much more laid back and more intimate. But then when you get engaged, like it crosses your mind of like, oh, maybe we do want a wedding, you know, when you kind of get in that like pressure of yourself of wanting to please everybody. And I never understood that concept when people just do the wedding until you're in those footsteps or those shoes and you're like, oh my God, it all makes sense now why people consider weddings. Um, so we started looking at venues and very drastically got 
overwhelmed beyond belief because it's expensive. Weddings are expensive. And especially if you want good quality vendors at a good quality venue, you're going to be spending a lot of money. And it it hit us very quickly that we probably don't want to spend that kind of money on a wedding. Um, I remember calling my mom like crying after we got um like the invoice back from a potential venue. And I was just mind blowing because I thought for sure this venue would be the one. And I remember calling my mom crying, like, there's no way we're not, we're not getting married. It's not happening. We can't afford anything. This is so silly. And my mom's like, no, you're being silly. You are thinking about everyone else right now, except for what you and Alex want. Take a minute, think it through. We will not judge you for what you want to do. And so Alex and I sat down and we realized, what are we doing? Of course, we want to elope. That's what we've wanted to do this whole time. So that is what we are doing to an extent. Um, We plan to go elope somewhere in Algonquin Park. That's a very meaningful spot to us since that's where we first met. And we're big Algonquin Park fans. And then we are taking a couple days off And then we're having a reception on my parents' property with all of our close family and friends because we still want to have that party. We still want to celebrate with everyone. We just don't want to be the center of attention for a full day. (laughs) That makes sense. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys, though, Autumn. And like, I think that this is going to be so perfect. It's so you, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're really excited because, you know, the elopement day we plan, we might even go to the courthouse beforehand and just get things done there. That way our parents can kind of visualize that in person. Um, And then the plan is we'll do like private vows with our photographer and potentially our dog somewhere in Algonquin and get all the beautiful photos that I've dreamed of having for years. And then the days to follow will lead up to the reception and our photographer will come back and we'll just have like all the family photos, but it'll be nice. Cause we know we're not getting pulled away from anyone to have photos. We're, we're going to be nice and present the whole time we're there, which I think is so important. Um, and I don't, I don't want to have to take away from the day by being pulled somewhere. So it'll be really nice. It's just like a good balance. And I think with the plans we've put in place, we're just so at ease. We're like cool as cucumbers about the whole situation. There's no stress at all because it's just so laid back. And that's exactly why I try to convince people to elope because it's just a different vibe, but it's such a good one. And I think too, Autumn, like from your experience having so many weddings now Mm -hmm. under your belt, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, you see what works, you see what doesn't. And I kind of want to dip into this a little bit more because like you were really like when you first started, you were doing like lifestyle photos, you were doing weddings, you were doing elopements, but you really opened up your portfolio so much further, right? Yeah, like to be able yeah. to do so many different other kinds of photos. Like, I mean, I see that you're doing maternity, you're doing newborn, and you're even doing some content creation for um Airbnbs and chalets yeah. and cottages. Yeah. I kind of want to get into that a little bit because that's something that I haven't actually had anybody on the podcast. Um, And I have had like quite a few photographers on now. I think I've had three, which is like, I'm like quite a few, but, um, but nobody that's specifically been doing that. Yeah. Um, So Airbnb work kind of fell into my lap. I would say during the pandemic, I would say maybe two years ago. Um, And I did it solely as like a free swap because I wanted to get into the the business of it. And it wasn't a huge um, 
thing back then. Um, actually, our our wedding photographer is really big into it in Muskoka. So she really inspired me to kind of like push the boundaries and start dabbling in it. So I had, I remember an Airbnb reach out saying, you know, we would love some photos for our listing. Could you come for free um, and stay for a couple nights? And so I did. And then I did a couple more for free. And then it started rolling out that a lot of people were wanting to do that, like the free swap type thing. But the problem was Airbnb owners were starting to get concerned because, you know, they'd be offering their space for free for a couple nights and people were taking advantage of it as like a free stay and they weren't getting the content they needed. And I didn't want to fall in that category anymore. So I started to charge um, because I wanted to be taken seriously in it. I wanted people to know that I was holding a higher standard. I wasn't just showing up and putting my feet up and joining the fire. I was there to work. Um, and it's, it's stuck. So I've shot a lot for wilder waters out in Calabogie. I've done some stuff down in Southern Ontario for a couple Airbnbs and it's just been so much fun. I, I remember I took my mom to one a couple years ago and it was a paid gig and she kept saying like, you haven't sat yet. Like you haven't actually like enjoyed the Airbnb yet. I'm like, but that's the point. I don't really get to. Um, I'm here to tell a story in the eyes of like a potential vacationer. So I have to, you know, curate these images that make it look like I am having the best time of my life, which I, I mean, I am. I get to shoot in these gorgeous locations. But I shoot from the minute I get there until the minute I leave. Um, you know, you're making these beautiful looking meals and you're you're taking videos of yourself enjoying the fire or outside by the lake and you don't stop moving. Um, and I think... And you don't goes, stop filming. You don't. You don't. Like it's no. go, go, go. And I know sometimes I'll get home and my back and my like abs are so sore because I've just like, I've had to retake certain shots so many times and like put myself into a specific position to like sell the shot. And it's a lot of work it, and like the stuff you have to bring. Um, and I realized it was worth charging, you know, when you're buying the groceries and you're driving to these locations and you're not really sitting and enjoying, you are working. So it doesn't really balance out for a free stay at that point. Um, and like I said, I wanted to be taken seriously so that people were seeing that, you know, they are hiring someone to do a job. It's not just like kick your feet up and enjoy the stay. Um, and I love it. I, I really do love Airbnb work. It's so much fun. I don't get to do it as much, obviously, during the summer because weddings and sessions kind of take over my life. But come the off season, it's, it's, I get so tickled pink when I get an inquiry for a new listing that needs some photos and I'm all over that. And when I get to bring Luna, my dog too, it's just like a nice little added bonus. Cause she's so good and she's photogenic. So it helps sell the, the dog friendly Airbnb stays and with social media ever changing, it's, you know, you're now adding TikToks and you're adding reels too. So it's a lot of work, but I love doing it. Autumn, I really, really appreciated you speaking on this because I think you mentioned like the biggest important piece is that you're not there to play. Yeah. Yes, you're enjoying yourself, but you're there to work. And yeah. I had another conversation about this um, with one of my girlfriends who's a business owner, Baron Fox Apparel. She's dabbling into this as well. And she and I were going back and forth about this, like with voice messages and on the gram. Um, and she was just saying like, 
people don't just want to see pictures of rooms. They don't just want to see that dock. They want to see you jumping off that dock, enjoying the water. And this is what my girlfriend was saying. She's like, if it's freezing cold or if it's overcast and I'm only there for two days, damn right. I'm jumping off that dock into the water and I'm going to get my drone and I'm going to like, you know, be having fun and laughing and, and doing all the things, even if like it's freezing or it's rainy, or I just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. She's like, because I'm selling an experience yes, and you exactly. need to be charging for what you're worth. Yeah. People don't want just a photo no. of like your food. They want to see, they want to see that community aspect. They yeah. want to see people exactly. enjoying the food and laughing and, yeah. and you know, like the whole experience of a cottage, because that's what we're, that's what we're looking to do. Exactly. You're looking to sell an experience. That's yeah. fun. That's going to actually entice people to want to stay. Yeah. They're not hiring a photographer for, for real estate purposes. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And it took a while for me to realize that because I started where some do too. You you swap it out for free and then you realize, okay, wow, that was a lot of work that I just put out. And what I would have maybe had to pay to stay for the night doesn't even add up to what I just put in for the work. So, you know, it was that mindset and then just realizing I want to be taken seriously in a crowd full of everyone else wanting to get into this. Um, and then, you know, you're speaking to the odd Airbnb owner. That's like, well, we hired someone, but they only provided like iPhone shots or they only took pictures of like the view. And that's not what we were hoping for. And we feel like we got scammed and I'm like, okay, I'm drawing the line here. I need to start charging. There needs to be a contract put in place so that I'm being held accountable for my job and they're being held accountable for their end. And it's been very successful since then. And again, I love doing it. It's probably one of my favorite parts of this job, especially in the off season. It's just a nice little cozy getaway, but you're still feeling like you have purpose with your job, which is, it's, it's, I love it. Autumn, would you consider yourself a content creator in this regard? I don't know. I think with Airbnb work, sure, definitely. Um, because you are essentially content creating, you're selling an experience. Um, but then, you know, you could say the same about a wedding, you know, you're selling the idea of how that day went down, you're storytelling, and you're capturing every experience that played out. And then that's when I wouldn't consider that content creating that's documentary photography, journalism, essentially. So I like that. It's hard to say if it is or not, but I do think Airbnb work, it's probably, it's borderline content creation for sure. It's, you're an influencer. You're influencing people to stay, to indulge in that Airbnb rental property. Um, But for weddings, probably not. Thanks for tuning in to the OV Boss Babes podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Natural beauty and aging gracefully are concepts that we all aspire to. Here at Enchante Cosmetics and Medical Aesthetics, our team provides the unique ability to adapt treatments to your individual needs. This results in a natural looking appearance that makes you look and feel good in your own skin. We offer a variety of cosmetic and aesthetic services, including laser treatments, cosmetic injections, wrinkle relaxers, and even wellness infusions. 
Try our IV vitamin drips jam-packed with top great ingredients that are great for hydration and fatigue, or enjoy one of our signature facials that will boost your skin, giving it the glow that you deserve. Find us on social media at Enchante Cosmetics and Medical Aesthetics and book your next appointment conveniently online. Thank you. Agnew Renovations offers quality home renovations at affordable prices. Family owned and operated since 2016. Decks, additions, new builds or painting, no job is too big or too small. If you want honest, affordable quality work, give Steve a call at 613-639-5971 or check out our Agnew Renovations Facebook page to see our work. We look forward to hearing from you. Century 21 has been a staple in the Pembroke of Petawawa area for over 45 years. At Century 21 Aspire Realty, many of our agents are born and raised right here in the Ottawa Valley. We also have close ties with the military community, having agents that are past military members and some that are military spouses. This helps to give us an in-depth understanding of the demands of the military lifestyle and the nuances of frequent relocation. Here at Century 21 Aspire Realty, we are committed to putting the client's needs first. Our agents work hard to act in a manner that is fair and ethical, as well as safe and practical. We are currently experiencing a seller's market like we have never seen before. If you are thinking of selling your property, call us first. Our social media campaigns are the best in the business. We offer professional photography, 3D home tours, and social media promotions across several platforms. Whether you are considering buying or selling, any one of our Century 21 Aspire Realty agents would be happy to assist you in the process. Check us out at www.aspirerealty.c21.ca or give us a call at 613-687-1687. Hey, it's Katie Hiska, Pure Country 96.7's newest radio host. You're listening to the Ottawa Valley Boss Babes podcast. Speaking of weddings, on this subject in particular, Autumn, you actually just recently shared a post on the socials about uh, content creators at weddings. So I want to dive into this a little bit more. Yeah. So it's becoming a trend, which I think is so crazy. But like, again, it, it's 2023. Are we shocked by anything at this point? I don't think so. Um, and I think content creation at weddings is very popular in like the influencer industry. Um, especially if you are like a paid influencer on TikTok or Instagram, wherever you are like making your monetization, um, people are so invested in your life that you now think it's, you need to have your content creation done even at your wedding. Cause people want to know what went down at your wedding. Um, and so people are hiring content creators for weddings. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's certainly not something I would personally invest in. I could care less. I, I want the good quality photos and videography. Um, I, could, I, I wouldn't be bothered with receiving iPhone videos the next day, but some people want that. And I can understand why, because obviously sneak peeks take a while for photographers. They're not sending them out within the next 24 hours. And if they are, I'm a firm believer. Those are rushed edits. They weren't taking their time on. You need rest before you dive into that stuff. And I've learned that lesson the hard way. Um, 
So with content creation, you, you're getting your videos and your photos that your content creator took the day before because it's nothing's edited. It's just, it's all sent to you. So you get to enjoy those moments. And that's where I can see why people would want a content creator. Where I struggle with it on the vendor side of things is so much happens on a wedding day and it's so easy to get distracted and pushed away from your job. I mean, there's, you know, when family photos happen, sometimes I am like screaming inside because I'm taking photos of the bride and the groom or whoever with their family. And you have a fo- an iPhone here, an iPad here, grandpa's over here with his phone or camera, and your subjects are not looking at the right camera. And it's distracting to them. And it's very distracting to me. And it can start to hinder your job and your, your ability to do what you're supposed to do and your patience, because you're now kind of yelling like, look at this camera, everyone. And you know, you can tell everyone else is starting to pick up that you're getting frustrated because you're so limited with your time and you want to nail these shots on the first try. Um, and then, you know, there's videographers out there that I've had incredible experiences working alongside. And there's some that just, you don't rub the same way and it can totally impact how your day goes just because, you know, if they have their own agenda on how they're doing the day and you have your own and you're not picking up where they're leaving off, it can be really awkward and it just makes a day long. You add a content creator in there who's okay. Stop. We got to take this TikTok now. That's where it gets really frustrating because especially for someone that shoots in a documentary style, I'm a fly on the wall, essentially. There's not very many times during the day where I'm like stopping my couple to curate images other than their, their portraits. But even then, that's very more like motion and prompts. I'm not directing them to be doing a TikTok. So sorry, you can probably hear my dog barking. <laughs> um, when you have then a content creator constantly stepping in and like stopping to curate these silly videos or whatever, that that is where I think things can get really uncomfortable. And it's hard to then have a third person if you already got a videographer and a, a photographer. Now you've got a content creator. Well, That's a lot. Then it's just not as organic anymore. And it's it just not. I feel like it just takes away the whole sense of the purpose of the of the wedding itself. Yeah. It's no different than and I know I'm not alone here. It's no different when you're seeing like all these people like taking pictures of the wedding throughout the day. But and autumn, like, I know, I know that I'm not alone here on this. And I know I've been guilty of this when you go to post like, oh, like Sandra and Chris's wedding, and there's no pictures of Sandra and Chris. Like none, you know, like it's none, like yeah. there's no pictures of the, of the couple who's no. there, whose day we're there to celebrate. It's yeah. all of like all the back, like the scenes. It's like, here's the place setting here are me, like me yeah. and my date and like me and my girlfriends on the dance floor. Like, I'm like, where's Sandra? Where's I know. I know. And I think social media is such an influence these days that everyone feels they have to share every little itty bitty morsel of their life on social media. And this is where content creation comes into play too, right? Because they want to make their personal reels and their TikToks about their day. And I get it. It's a trend right now. But if I have any advice to give, and I've learned this through my business as well, two, three years ago, I was someone who was like, we need an hour for wedding portraits. Like my couple need to dedicate an actual hour away from everyone. We need to hammer those portraits out. I've pulled away from that completely. Now you have one day to be present with everyone you've invited for. You have one day to be present with your spouse. You've put so much time and effort in creating this 
beautiful day that you're supposed to be sharing with everyone else. Why are we getting pulled away from that? Why is there such a need for these perfect images? Is it because the photographer wants the good images to share on social media? Is it because the couple want the content creator to create these reels so they can share them on social media? I think we need to take a slight step back from the obsession of social media and just remember what the whole point of that wedding day is really about. All right, Autumn, I want to kind of get away from wedding photography yep. and wedding talk. Yep. Um, and I want to talk about the latest photography trends because <laughs> I have a couple questions about these, yep. especially blurry photos, blurry photos and, uh, and red eye. Why are they popular right now? Like those are trending like everywhere I see. I know. So what is trending right now is cinematic images. The illusion or the idea of these images are like a cinematic moment. Um, so that's where blurred imagery comes into play, like, like the motion blur, because it's like you're you're capturing a motion moment in time. So it's kind of slowed down. You get more of that emotion pulled into it with the motion blur. It blows my mind because three years ago, if I was calling a wedding or a session and I came across a blurry image, I would be so hard on myself. First of all, like, oh my gosh, what setting did I have my camera on? How did I manage to do that? And it would be an instant. Let alone posting it, Autumn, on social Literally. media. You'd be like mortified. mortified. Like, oh my gosh, this was a mistake. Like, what am I doing? Like, crisp <laughs> images were the only option. Now it's yeah. like this sense of freedom. But I think the beautiful thing about it is, is that it's kind of realizing that the imperfect moments are also perfect. You know, even if that image isn't in focus, you can see what happened in that image. And it's still a valuable moment. So why discard it just because it wasn't crisp? Um, and that, that's the thing with photography. It's ever changing and ever evolving. And you got to keep up with it. But it's it's a learning experience every time you, you go out and shoot. Um, flash photography is really big again. And I love it. I think flash photography is so fun. I try to incorporate it into some kind of moment during the reception with my couple's especially when you slow your uh, speed down on your camera and you get like those, the motion blur with the lights and everyone's dancing, you kind of pick up that like, that was a really fun dance moment. Like the lights were really going, but they've been slowing down. So you see the motion and everyone's like rocking out to whatever song that was playing instead of like the crisp image where you can see everyone's dancing, but like, it's almost like a stiff image where the blurred motion and that flash photography kind of just bring it back to life in that cinematic moment. The one trend I'm really struggling with that I just can't seem to be on board is the angled images. I don't know if you've noticed, but like horizon lines, people are like shooting on an angle now. If you look at Sophia Ritchie's wedding, uh, she was a huge trend a couple of months ago with her wedding. Some of like her family photos are kind of crooked. Some of the shots outside are crooked. And I, I, I don't fully understand the idea behind it. Um, I, I'm a strict straight horizon girly. I like things straight. So I have started to try and dabble in it a little bit because sometimes you just, you have to step out of your comfort zone and kind of test the waters. But if there's a building in the background or a wall, I, I got to keep that straight. I just, I can't have that crooked, but. That is another big trending one right now, but that's one I just can't seem to figure out. <laughs> yeah. 
And one thing too that I'm really appreciating and liking, and I kind of want to like even start incorporating this with just um, my my content creation on social media, are the overlapping images and content itself. Like, and I'm I'm making the motions like with my hands. Yeah. Where it's kind of like one picture is leading into another. Like, am I saying that right? Like, is yeah, that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, it's just like a a overlay of a carousel, I guess. And I think the idea behind it was when it initially came out was because Instagram only lets you post 10 photos in a carousel. And sometimes you've got a really good gallery that you wanted to share more of and be able to kind of tell a story of the day within that carousel instead of these like blocked images. So I think the idea with the carousel came in, you could add the extra little image here and there. And it kind of just like becomes this like creative collage, but you also get to kind of see the whole day or however that session turned out. So when I like shoot a wedding and I want to post, I usually start off with like the getting ready images and I'll lead it into like some of the ceremony images and then maybe a couple from cocktail and then their portraits and then a couple of the reception at the end of it. And it kind of just like helps paint the picture more of the day rather than like only one shot from here, one shot from this part. Um, I didn't love the idea of them at first and I was stubborn and took the long way of like using Photoshop to do it all, which was so frustrating. And then they came out with an app called scroll and my gosh, five minutes later, you have a full carousel collage. When I was using Photoshop, it took me like two hours to do. Um, but it's like a puzzle and it's fun. And again, I think it's just a really neat way to extend what you want to share rather than just like the 10 images itself. I love the creative storytelling aspect of it, especially mm -hmm. when you were saying that it's like one leading into another, yeah. even for a wedding, you can kind yeah. of see how the whole day plan like yeah. plays out that way too. It's, yeah. and I love that you guys are doing it. It's, it's so cool. Um, next I want to talk about price points mm -hmm. and negotiating price points. Mm -hmm. Actually, I shouldn't say negotiating because you're setting your price points, right? You're not, yeah. you're not negotiating with people no. and like, this is your standard rate. Yeah. And, um, when people say autumn, when people say that they're not looking to spend a lot on a photographer, what do you wish you could say to them? <sighs> I'm so mixed on that because <laughs> obviously right now we are in a really tricky time. Um, mm -hmm. That's true. I, uh, yeah. Three years ago, I probably would have said something completely different than what I would say today. Um, speaking of price points, I think um, I speak for a lot of photographers right now. We went from two or three years of like hardcore inquiries and bookings to this year being very quiet for 2024. And, uh, it's, it's very odd to see like such a pullback of inquiries after such a high demand. And I actually just had a really valuable conversation with my coach that I use for my business. And I really took this information in because I'm going to be super open and honest right now, up until about two months ago, I had like six weddings booked for 2024. That was it. And it was eating me alive because I thought, what is wrong with me? Why am I not getting the booking? So I, I spoke with my coach on this and she said, um, okay, well think of it this way. If you've always been like leaning towards wine, wanting to buy a steak and then all of a sudden your steak is like 200 extra dollars more, are you going to buy a steak right now? No. And so she said, okay, so are you booking um, any weddings with your price points currently where they are? I'm like, no. She said, out of 
curiosity, if you drop your prices by a little bit, would it kill your business? And I was like, well, no, because at least I'd be making money. And she said, so try it. So I actually just recently decreased my prices by like $300 and I'm now up to 13 weddings booked for 2024. Oh, interesting. And it's not so, you know, there's always this mindset of like, you have to charge your worth. And I totally respect it, respect that to a degree, but would you rather be stubborn and not book anything because you're so hell bent at keeping your prices where they are? Or would you be willing to decrease them by like, say, $200 and have money coming in next year? Mm, I really appreciate this perspective mm-hmm. of like kind of changing your mindset a little bit yeah. because you're absolutely right. We are in a recession right now with our with our economy. Like prices are at their highest right now. Gas Gas itself is ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how people are living off of minimum wage. I know. Um, That's another story for a topic for another day. But I think that like really shifting a little bit and seeing like, is there some wiggle room? Yeah. I want to be able to still remain employed by myself. I want to still be self-employed. I want the work. And you're in a really satchel, like, an oversaturated market where there are a lot of photographers. There is a lot of competition. You need to stand out from the crowd. Um, And yes, I think your prices like should reflect your skill set, your work, your talent, your time, your equipment. Like, I mean, I could go on, Yeah, but you also have to be mindful about the economy too. and, And the state of the economy that we're in right now. And that's where then of course, where you ask, like when people, you know, are considering investing in a photographer, the average person doesn't have that mindset. They want, they look for the cheapest option 80% of the time. They're not wanting to hire a high-end photographer, especially in the economy that we are in. And, you know, taking that step back and not being so stubborn and just realizing that, you know what, I would rather drop my prices by like $200 and get that extra income back in then be dead quiet next year. I'm getting married next year. I would like to go on a honeymoon. I need to have that income coming in. So you know what? Maybe I will be vulnerable and I'll drop my prices a bit. And it's been rewarding. I've still booked venues I've been dreaming to work with. I just booked one for Anupaya this week and I've been dying to shoot there. And I think, okay, if I would have kept my prices where they were two months ago, would I have booked that? Probably not. Right. So, you know, it's you, it's an ever learning experience being in this industry and who's to say I can't increase my prices in another four months because the demand could be different. Our economy could be different. That's the thing about wedding photography. It You can change your prices literally whenever you feel like you need to. And right now I'm still charging a very comfortable rate where I feel is worth my worth. Um, do I wish more people thought that wedding photography was an important investment? Absolutely. I will be the first to say that our photographer is the most expensive vendor we have booked. Shocking. For next year, I wanted the best of the best. I wanted someone that we knew personally, that we respected, who had their ducks in a row. They showed a professional portfolio. They were consistent with their edits and their you know, people seek them to be this higher person. I wanted that for both Alex and I, because we're spending money. You know, I didn't buy a expensive wedding dress. We didn't book all these vendors to have maybe a beginner photographer or someone that doesn't have that experience and then have just 
mediocre photos. Not to say that someone starting out isn't quality, good photography, but if you're going to spend all that money on your day, I think it's so important that you invest in a good videographer and a photographer because that's one day you just don't get back. Mm-hmm. Autumn, here's a question for you. Are you nervous or scared that with the upgrades of technology and now that your phone mm-hmm. is uh, is your is your go-to camera? I mean, like, look at all the new features that the... Uh, is it the, like, I don't even know what the newest iPhone is oh, called. Like, and I have it. 20? I have it. I'm like, I don't even know what it's called. But the latest iPhone, like, are you worried that you might be replaced eventually? No. You're not worried. I'm not. Because even with the great iPhone quality, it still doesn't compare to a good quality camera. And it's easy to say Uncle Joe could just take our photos off the iPhone for our wedding. The photos might look great, but does Uncle Joe have the experience working with people? Does he understand the right angles? Does he understand good lighting? I mean, there's photographers out there that are charging, and I I don't want to diss anyone. But this is, again, where I say you need to do your research. There's photographers out there that, you know, charge a lot of money, and they don't know how to work lighting, or they don't understand the appropriate angles, or they don't have their editing down to a fine art where it's cohesive edits every single shoot. You know, those all play important roles. And it's so easy to say that, you know, someone could show up with their camera or their phone to photograph because they're doing a nice thing for you, but it's not going to be good. (laughs) It's just not going to, unless they are a skilled photographer with the experience and background working with people and understanding all those little technicalities that come into play, they're not going to be good. So while Photoshop has come a long way and it is advanced, it still needs tweaking and it still needs work. And I think at the end of the day, authenticity is the biggest thing that wins. And, you know, if you're hiring someone, they've got these amazing photos, you got to do your research because you can easily AI in seagulls now into the background of a, a beach photo shoot. And to me, I just don't love that idea because it's not authentic anymore. It's not the true moment that happened. We're just making this scene and it's so easy for people now to mock photographers or like mimic them. And, you know, this is my portfolio. And then can you imagine getting your photos back? And it's nothing right. that you've seen because yeah. they've just dabbled with Photoshop. And uh, that's where research comes in. We have to do our research. Autumn, we're closing in on our time here and uh, and I still have so many more questions that I want to ask you, but yeah. we can't walk away from this conversation without talking about ghosting, oh, ghosting yeah. emails, ghosting inquiries, like someone is inquiring about your photography packages and then they ghost you completely. When do you stop following up? Do you follow up or do you just leave them out into the universe and say, obviously we're not meant to work together? Yeah. So again, years ago, I would take such great offense by that because I mean, I wish people understood the time and effort that kind of comes into play when it, when an inquiry comes in, we aren't just like, thank you so much for your inquiry. We're so excited. It is like, I have to come into my office from what I've done. I have to sit down. I have to open everything up. I have to prep my service brochure for you. I have to curate the email that seems and feels personal to you. I have to look at my calendar. I have to get everything prepped in order to ensure I am ready for you. That takes time. That takes me time away from my editing, personal life. It, it, 
bothers me more when you've had those conversations leading up to them like yeah we want the contract we want the proposal you send it and then it's ghost town because it's like what happened why why did we spend so much time on this and then it just vanished um i wish people understood there's an etiquette behind emails you know vendors will not take offense i wish i think people are embarrassed when they have to say like we don't want to work with you anymore and i wish people knew that we would much 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 prefer to hear like hey we've chosen to go a different route thank you for your effort and your time rather than it just be radio silent um because then you're left wondering what the heck did i do wrong like what was the point of this conversation um yeah i get it it's it's an awkward i had to tell vendors during our search for you know vendors for a reception like we've chosen a different route i didn't love having to say that but i also know what it's like to be left hanging and i don't want anyone to feel that way. Um, as for someone inquiring, I think it's really important that you have all your information before you inquire. And as a vendor, I think it's really important that you have all your information on your website. I noticed a massive decrease in ghosting. Once I had my prices on my website, I had full information going in depth of like how I work down to the dates that I am booked for. I, I see a lot of photographers, they'll, you know, they put in their stories, like, oh my gosh, I've gotten like 10 inquiries for August 20th next year. You guys, like I've already been booked. And I'm thinking, why don't you have that on your website then? Because you've now wasted that client's time with inquiring. They could have went to someone else already. So for me, I have my prices. I have the dates I'm already booked for. I have so much FAQ information because I'm trying to decrease wasted time on both ends. Where clients need to go is make sure you read a website so thoroughly that like when you're inquiring, you shouldn't have to ask the questions. And if you do, then it's okay for you to say, you know what, now that you've sent me your prices, I don't think this is a route we can go. We're going to go a different route, but thank you for your time. Um, what drives me nuts though is of course, when you have all that information on your website, someone does inquire and then they still end up ghosting. Cause you're like, okay, now what the heck happened? I don't understand. Um, so there just needs to be a little bit of respect, I think towards vendors because it is their time and their effort. They've put all that out for you. Just be considerate and say, you know, we've changed our mind. Um, but I think for vendors, like I know when we were looking at vendors too, if I went to a website and they had no information as far as like their pricing or their availability, I stepped away before even inquiring because I didn't want to have to ask those questions. It just felt like energy wasting time to me. I wanted to have someone that was ready to rock with the information they have on their website. So that's a good learning curve, I think, for anyone. You know, if, if you are a vendor, this is what you should have on your website to avoid ghosting. If you're a client, this is what you should look for to avoid having to ghost. And if you do have to go a different way, there is a polite way of doing it. Again, I think if someone goes to you, that's a good lesson of you don't want to work with them at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's even a good lesson just to remember it in yourself, like with yourself and your mm -hmm. own practice and business. Exactly. You don't like being ghosted. You don't want to have to follow up with people. Like just don't do it to other people. And exactly. I mean, yes, it's still a thing in 2023, unfortunately. You're always I deal with it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I have people that reach out asking to be interviewed and I'll say, yep, yeah, I'll put you on the wait list which is right now currently closed until September. So stay tuned, but <laughs> I will have people that will like, <laughs> that will still like email me and, uh, and express interest. And then when the, it's their time, I'll follow up with them and then nothing. And I'm no. like, no, like, 
Why? I know. Just just say no. It's not a good time. Not right now. Like anything. I like just, just no, period. Just I no. Canceled, like, I don't care. I canceled a family dinner like two years ago because a client had told me they like needed to switch up their Zoom call with me. And like they were adamant that they wanted to have the Zoom call. So I told my family, I'm so sorry. I have to cancel. And then they didn't show up to the Zoom call and like never followed up with an email. And I missed it on that family dinner. And that's where I yeah. wish people Your really, time is so valuable. Especially during the summer. Like I don't get much time. So yes. when I do and I have to take it away to give my best self for a potential client, it is like gut-wrenching. And it's just a really crummy yeah. feeling. <laughs> All right, Autumn. Last question for you, then I'll let you go. But what do you think is the key to personal growth as a photographer? being open to growth and learning. I mean, take myself, I attempted to do a full-time business during the middle of the pandemic and got slapped in the face with not being able to do that and having to be resilient. Um, and photography is an ever evolving business and you have to have a backbone and you have to be ready for change. There's not going to be every photographer out there in your corner, and that is okay. You're going to find your group of friends, your your vendors that support you back and forth, and that's okay too. Um, be open to asking for help and accepting criticism because if you don't, it's, it's going to greatly affect you in a negative way. Um, there's so many things I've learned over the years that have completely benefited me, even just as much as like learning that it's okay to decrease your prices right now in a, in a recession, you know, someone on the street would think that's nuts. What are you thinking? You have to make an income, but I mean, I've done that and I've now am making my income for next year because I've done that. And I've, you know, opened that window of people needing a photographer in a better, uh, price range. And I'm still going to be able to be okay now next year and not have to think about getting a second job. So, you know, it's just, it's, you're learning, but you have to be open to that. And you, you can't be stubborn about having this higher standard for yourself. Sometimes you just have to let it go with the flow. And Autumn, who is one local boss babe that inspires you daily that you think everyone should know about? Oh, I would say, and I actually just did a branding shoot with her because she's got a very exciting new endeavor connected with her business. Uh, she used to be called Powered by Macros, my friend Courtney, and she's now Small Town Grazing Co. She's offering luxury picnics within the valley, which I think is such an exciting new thing to have in the valley. There's so many gorgeous beaches around here in parks. It's like the perfect opportunity for, you know, a small bridal shower or a baby shower or a proposal or even just like a date night. And this girl has literally went through the ringer in the last few years and to see her come out on the other side and just like starting to really work on herself and improve her business and push for the better is all in itself incredibly inspiring. So I would say Courtney for sure. Everyone needs to go give her a follow and check her out. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've been following along with her new endeavor, and I'm so excited to try it out. But I'm such a fan of her charcuterie boxes, especially during the work week. I mean, I don't make myself lunch other than like running to Metro yeah. or Independent and grabbing myself a sandwich or something. And her her charcuterie boxes are just filled to the brim, and they last me like a good few days. Too. Oh, like, I know. They're just so good. I mean, and she's got so much more than that too. Like she does meal prep and, yeah. and so much more. And she so just definitely started doing. She just started doing Vietnamese pho too. And apparently, like, I haven't even had a chance to Amazing. try it yet. But uh, she's in Deep River, but everyone is just like 
gushing over her pho. So, I mean, it must be good. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but yeah, you have to try that too. Yeah. And Autumn, tell everybody where they can find you. I know you are booked solid now for 2023 and you're booking now into 2024. Um, So tell everybody how they can find you, follow you and book with you. So I am still booking for the September and October, actually for a couple weddings. I have a couple weekends still sporadically open. So those are the only dates I'm really accepting for 2023 is wedding wise. Um, But I still have lots of space for September into December for sessions. And I am booking for 2024 weddings as well as now 2025. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Autumn Liggett Photo and my website is autumnliggettphoto.com. Fantastic. Well, Autumn, thank you so much again for being a part Thanks of the podcast, trying this new platform with yeah. you too, and just catching up. It was just, it was long overdue, so yeah. well needed, and it's just always great to chat with you. Yes, I know. Same. Yeah, you know, it was fun. It was a good uh, little rainy Friday meetup for sure. Well, babes, that's it for another week of OB Boss Babes podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of our tribe. If you're listening for the first time, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're a regular listener, tell another biz owner how much you love our podcast. And who knows, maybe you or they might get featured next. Come back on Wednesday for our Boss Babe Corner mini-series for more entrepreneur features across the Ottawa Valley. This is OB Boss Babes.